influenced his own son and what happened with his son Absalom and with Amnon and with Tamar. And so what I wanted to read to you today were the Psalms that David wrote during this time. And if you weren't here last week, or if you were, he wrote these at the time he was running from his son Absalom. And he's, not, he's a king used to running. He ran most of his life. But to run from your own son and the circumstances that he did showed the great heartache that he experienced. And so Psalm 3 is one that he wrote right at this time. Psalm 5 is what I'm going to read, uh, which is, he also wrote at the time that he was struggling with this, and then will be the death of his son Amnon, the death of his son Absalom, and he's already lost one son due to his sin with Bathsheba. So we're talking about a broken man. Now, when we come together and we sing songs like this, we're excited and this is great and we're heralding all the wonderful things, but that is just a part of what worship is. Because true worship comes through pain and heartache. True worship does not come when everything's going great. And so I wanted to read you these things um, because this is his prayer and this is his worship at the lowest time in David's life. Psalm chapter 5 says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love. Let that sink in. Can you picture the worst moment in your life that you have ever experienced, the lowest point, and and maybe that point's now, maybe that point was sometime in the past. Can you picture that moment, the lowest point of your life, and to say, but I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down towards your holy temple in the fear of you. Verse 8 says, Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. For there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsel. Because of the abundance of their transgressions, cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them. That those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favors as with a shield. And what I wanted to share with this one passage was that what worship does at its most purest form is proclaim the character of God. That is what worship is. It it is not that we feel good. It is not that we get excited. It is not that we walk out and go, that was an awesome set. We walk out proclaiming the excellencies of a God who created all of this and then loved us with such a full love that He gave His Son so that we could know Him and we could walk with Him. So what we find in David is that David sees who God is. He understands who he is, and he quite honestly understands who he himself is, a broken, sinful, fallen, flawed man. 
But it is his worship that makes him a man after God's own heart. His willingness to turn and to come back that makes him that. Worship proclaims the character of God. John Piper says this about worship. Worship is when the mind apprehends great truth about God and the heart kicks in with deep feelings of brokenness or wonder and gladness and admiration and gratitude. And the mouth says something like this, Blessed be God, O blessed and praised and honored and glorified be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is when we celebrate who He is, where our songs and our words and the the thing that makes us who we are says there is only one who is supreme in this world, and that is God, and we have the opportunity to follow and to know Him. What I've learned over time in my own faith and my own worship is that worship is born from our faith and, more importantly, our humility before Him. We cannot celebrate the greatness of God as long as we hold into the greatness of ourselves. As long as we live believing that we are great, we will never see how great God is. There's only one who can hold that place, and it is Him. One of the things that I believe our culture, our society, our people, our our own hearts, what we are missing today is this characteristic of humility. This belief that we are here not for ourselves, but for others. We have a responsibility to care for those who are in need, to love those who are unlovable, and to go to those who are oppressed. It is in humility that we say we are no longer the center of our world. We are not the most important person in the room. We are not even the most important person on the planet, even though many of us live that way. So yesterday, as you all are aware, great evil is perpetuated in our world, but it is sometimes shown very clearly for what it is. And so as we watch the events that are unfolding in Charlottesville, which is just a microcosm of what's happening around our nation, One of the questions we have to ask ourselves is how do we worship when those things are going on? How do we proclaim the character of God and how do we invite that character into our own lives when we see this kind of stuff going on? Because in all reality, what's happening in our world is a great narcissism that's coming on us where we say, I matter, you do not. And if there was ever any question, and and church, The church is one of the most sheltered communities in the world when it should be the least. We are sheltered from the reality that evil exists and is being perpetrated in our world all around us. So the acts of yesterday, and if you're frantically looking up CNN or Fox to find out what happened yesterday, I'll let you do that. But for those of you who are aware... We have to do more than simply sing songs and come to church. It is not enough to say words. Can I tell you right now, there is a battle on the airwaves for who says the right words the right way. And can I just say this? Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. There are many people who are getting on their pulpit and they are denouncing, or they are praising, or they are saying what thing or the other. And I would say this, God could care less what you say, but He cares what you do. 
So we live in a world, and in our own home, we are raising a child that the world right now is screaming, we cannot love her and she cannot love us because our skin is a different color. And if all I do is stand here and say to you, this was a bad thing to happen, now let's continue in worship, which is what will happen around our country today. That is meaningless. So let me be very practical for just a moment, and then we're going to continue our worship. Be very practical for just a moment. I have yet, it does happen, but I have yet to come across a person with a different skin color, a different religious background, a different generational background that has treated me the way the world says they will treat me. I know it happens. I've seen it happen to others. But I myself encounter people who are different from me every day, scores and scores of people who are different from me every day, and we have wonderful exchanges and encounters with each other. Let me ask you this. If we're going to do something in response to the breakdown of what's happening in our nation, here's what we can do. We can build friendships with people who are different from us. We can invite them to our homes. No one is here from any news agency to get my words and put them on TV somewhere and praise the Lord for that because it would probably be embarrassing. But what you and I can do when we are not invited to Washington on a council of how to deal with racial problems, when we are not writing books that are being read by millions of people on how to combat this issue, what can we do We can love the people we come in contact with every single day. We can go to them. We can build friendships with them. We can invite them to worship with us, and we can go to worship with them. Because in truth and all reality, in the world that you and I live, it's not those that are screaming from the tops of their lungs that we need to be divided that even know what's going on in the world. It is you and I who live and exist with all these different people every single day. We work together. We go to the same stores together. We go to the same movies and shows together. We eat together. We rely on each other so that we can have homes to live in and electricity that powers our lives. We rely on each other so that we can raise our children in a community that has basic needs like parks and schools and facilities to care for those who are in need. You cannot live your life just with people just like you and neither can I. So at some point you and I have to recognize that in this world if we are to worship and demonstrate the character of God the character of God says we are to love others. And so my response to this all that is going on would be can we worship? But can our worship go deeper than that was a great song. Man, I love the guitar on that song. Man, the drums were kicking on that song. That was awesome. Can we take worship deeper where we connect our hearts to our Savior? Where He changes us and we recognize the value of His character? Can we, like David in low times, recognize that our only hope is to reach out to our Savior and to the one who has given us life? And can we worship 
through action and stop believing that words are enough. Now, for those who are actively minded, when I say action, I do not mean let's go and protest and let's do something to get attention and let's go hurt somebody else that's hurting others. That's the way the world responds, but that's not the way Jesus responds. Let us recognize the value of all those who are around us and let us let us begin that here and now. We are the ones who live in this world and who live with each other and rely on each other. We are the ones who can make that change, not the ones who are screaming it from the mountaintops for their own purposes. We are the ones who live with each other. We are the ones who show love to each other. And we are the ones who can say our worship is more than our songs. It's more than what we do on Sunday morning. It is because we have seen who God is and we want to show that to the world around us. That's what we can do. We must recognize that in our sheltered place here where we are coming and we are going to have so much fun this afternoon and man, I am being such a downer on this whole day, right? That evil is going on in the world around us. And we cannot wait for someone else to address it if we will not. There is a battle for souls going on and we, and we have the, the answer. And I pray that we would show that to others. Let me read this one last psalm, and I'm, I'm going to be done. This is written at a, a different time. It is one of the most prolific psalms on David's worship. And it further demonstrates outside of his pain and his hurt, his heart elevated towards God. And we have a couple of more songs that we're going to do today. And I pray that if so far you've been engaged with the music and you love the songs and you've been excited about what's going on here, I would encourage you, take the, these next few minutes to go deeper and to recognize that worship is our gift to God, not anyone's gift to us. So take these moments to worship. Psalm 145 says, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend other works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. You do not know this until you know Jesus. When you know Jesus, these are the praises that come off of your lips that this is who he is. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All the work shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works." The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. 
He fulfills the desire of those who fear Him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. So as we sing these next couple of songs, let me just encourage you that if you need to zone out a little bit, because right now you need to have a time between you and God, I want to encourage you to do that. If you need, as the words are going, as the music's going, and you just need to meditate on the goodness of God in your life and what He has done for you, let me encourage you, that will be the most meaningful time of the day for you. If the next few minutes is a time in your brokenness that you need to cry out for a Savior and recognize His goodness, His mercy, and His love for you, then do that. Proclaim that to Him and experience an overwhelming sense of His presence within your life believe one of the things that people are missing in their walk with Christ today is experiencing true worship. And so I invite you to truly worship Him in these next few minutes. And I, but our, I don't know where they've all gone. I just kicked them off the stage, and now they're probably all over the place. But they, you guys can come on back up, and I'm going to pray with you. And I want to pray also. They're ready. They're like, man, get off the stage. We're ready to go. You didn't know where to go? You just hid back there? I'm sorry, guys. That was terrible. I'll put you in a closet. <laughs> but in all seriousness, it is in our worship that we recognize who God is. And once we really see that and recognize that, it will change us. And that's why worship changes us. Father God, I thank you for this incredible team who has come together that you have gifted with these great skills and abilities. I thank you for the songs that have been written of praise to you, of recognizing your character, who you are, and our great standing with you, not because of our own ability or our worth or value, just, but just because you loved us. God, I thank you for all those who are in this room and in this building today who are serving and giving because of their faith in you and their willingness to love others. And I, I thank you that we can see that collective worship in so many different ways this morning. Father, I pray for those that are in this room that in these next few minutes, this would be a time just for us to ascend to where you are and to give you praise and glory because it is, it is due you. You are worthy. You are worthy of our praise. Father, I pray for our nation. A nation that has so many people screaming at the top of their lungs that we should be divided, and yet you have stated with your own blood that we are one people before you. Our skin color is so inconsequential, no more than our blood type or our hair color. It's no more different than how we put our pants on or how we go to work things that divide us are so inconsequential and yet it is creating such great hurt in this world. And Father, as there are those who are completely overcome by the work of evil within their lives, Father, I pray that you would help us to be overcome with your goodness and your mercy and your love so that while others teach hate, we can teach love. God, I pray that you would give us the courage to act and not just speak to do things that matter and not just condemn, to find places to bring reconciliation 
and not wait for someone else to do it. Father, I pray that we would love those that we come in contact. I pray that you would bring people into our lives that will enrich our experience of humanity and life. I pray that you would change us as we recognize who you are and how worthy you are to be praised. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.